there's always risk, but I think, I think as a head coach, you know, you've got to make some tough decisions and they're not always going to be right. You know, they just aren't. Um, and so you, you trust your instincts and you go by, you know, what you feel. And those, those have been good for me and, and served me well over the years. Hello, everyone. Welcome to a news-packed edition of the Not Another Bucking Podcast. Hope you had a great Christmas um, and uh, excited to have you back as we break down the gigantic news of the day at Broncos headquarters, the news of the day in the NFL, and that is that the Broncos are benching Russell Wilson for the final two games of the 2023 season. They will start backup Jarrett Stidham uh, for the final two games. He is under contract for next year as well. So this could potentially be an audition for him. Uh, but what this certainly means for, for the Broncos um, is a likely divorce after this season between um, the franchise and Russell Wilson, the quarterback for whom Denver traded five draft picks, including two first rounders uh, in March of 2022, as well as three players to the Seattle Seahawks in exchange for Russell Wilson they brought him in believing that he was the missing ingredient, the, the the piece that would put them over the top, finally get them back to the playoffs for the first time in since 2015. Thought that his pedigree, leadership, his his years of, of big numbers, all of those things would translate uh, here in Denver and, and turn the Broncos into a winner. But if this is the end of the road, he finishes with an 11-19 and 19 record as a starter in Denver. And though his raw numbers have been better in 2023 than they were in 2022, he has certainly struggled of late as the Broncos lost three out of four games, likely dropping them out of the playoff picture and has posted the, the two worst seasons of his career in terms of uh, advanced metric efficiency stats like EPA. Um, these have been the two worst seasons of, of his career. And I'm joined by Matt, producer Kaz, Kaz Miter here, and you asked me that after the the 26-23 loss to the Patriots on Christmas Eve, is is Russell Wilson going to be the starter in Week 17 against the Chargers? Um, didn't necessarily think that they would get to this point, given that um, they still weren't officially eliminated, still aren't officially eliminated, although their path is is treacherous. Um, and you know, looking at the source of their issues, while Russell Wilson certainly plays a role in those issues. Um, you know, it is, is far from the only reason that they are lagging offensively. Um, but nonetheless, this was a move that we, for ver at various points in this season, have talked about being a possibility, Matt. And um, sure enough, it happened. And Sean Payton says, we want a spark. And look, this money, this move is about money. Like, let's just be real. This move is about money. It's about the fact that Russell Wilson has that $37 million injury guarantee that would kick in for 2025 on the fifth day of next league year in March. Um, so this is a something of a injury prevention deal for, for the Broncos. Um, and, and Sean Payton addressed that and says, well, why, why wouldn't we have done it then two, three, four weeks ago? Well, the Broncos were in the thick of the playoff picture at that point. You can't really very well just say we've won five games in a row or six out of seven and we're going to bench our starting quarterback. Like those two things, just that would be an impossible sell. Um, it's, it's, it's a more reasonable sell now that they are, um, you know, again, seven and eight need a miracle um, to get in. And, 
just view now the offense is playing poorly enough to say, hey, this is this is a, a time to do this. And Matt, one of the things that Sean Payton kind of added toward the very end of his press conference today was um, to, to truly know who Jared Stidham is and they're excited about him, but, but we have to be able to evaluate them. And, and you've looked at his tape extensively. What, what, uh, what do you expect to see uh, when he, when he plays these final two games? Well, I did, I went back at the funny thing about Jared Stidham is that, you know, and Sean Payton touched on it, that, you know, this is a very similar situation to what he ran into last season in in Las Vegas, where coming down the, the back end of the season, the last two games, the Raiders benched Derek Carr and started Jared Stidham to, um, essentially prevent or keep Derek Carr safe and keep him from, or, you know, save some money on the back end when they chose to release him. And Stidham came in and he played, you know, against, he played against the 49ers and the chiefs and against the 49ers who had one of the best defenses in the league, particularly the running game. He threw three touchdowns in interception and, and over 300 yards passing. He looked, he has, he showed some stuff on tape. That's really good. And I mean, that is the thing, the tape from last year is what, really encouraged Sean Payton and this organization to go out and get Jarrett Stidham. Cause remember that Russell Wilson was the guy that was already here when Sean Payton came in. He's the guy they've already paid. They've made the big trades for, but Payton wasn't involved with that, but he came in and, and Russell was here. Jarrett Stidham is the guy that Sean Payton went out and said, that's the guy that I want to come in and run this offense. And he's a different kind of quarterback than Russell Wilson is. He's much more of a rhythm type quarterback, which is more in the idea of the Drew Brees kind of guy. You know, he, he gets the snap, he takes his three step drop and the ball's out quickly. He's making the decision. He's making his reads a lot more, a lot more arm strength, a lot more over the middle passing and like out to the boundaries downfield, as opposed to the quite as many dunk dump offs that we've been seeing. He's been really good in play action and on the boot, similar to Russell Wilson. Um, but some of that stuff, his footwork and some of those and some of those things, he was very elusive. He was very good at moving around the pocket. He does have a tendency to sometimes miss high, especially if he's when he'll sit in the pocket a little bit too long and get hit right as he throws. And then he tends to miss high sometimes. And that's where he started getting into some trouble. But I think that this is he's probably if you're looking for someone who's going to run the type of offense that Sean Payton would prefer to be running, Jarrett Stidham probably fits that mold better than Russell Wilson does. Um, and the, I think that that kind of pushing the ball down the field a little bit more is kind of the big difference we're going to see when we when we see Jarrett Stidham under center this week. Yeah, and and that's something that has obviously been missing, um, you know, in in part though by design. I, I think that my view of this um, is that you know the Broncos, the Broncos in some ways did Russell Wilson a disservice by the way that they made him play. And I thought it was really interesting in going back and kind of pouring over some of the transcripts after the loss to the Patriots. And, you know, Russell Wilson says pretty early on in his press conference when he was talking about how they got back in the game, like, you know, we we just went up tempo and guys were making plays. And essentially, you know, he, he was saying in a, in a few words that um, when we were kind of unchained a little bit and allowed to just sort of, you know, kind of operate and, and go play ball, um, you know, not to sound too reductive on it, but that, that is where they started to find some success. And it was interesting on Tuesday when we, when we talked to Sean Payton um, about the game, he, he had some of the most critical comments about his offense that he has had all season long. And in retrospect, it was clearly laying the foundation for what was going to come today um, in that they were going to be benching Russell Wilson. 
but he was asked in particular about, you know, sort of Russell and playing that up-tempo style that they did with the, the empty sets, um, you know, no back and just kind of, you know, slinging it around the field. And he said, yeah, you know, it was, you know, we were playing spontaneous. It was sort of the situation. He's like, but it's, it's, it's hard to think you can base and base your whole offensive identity in that way. And so, you know, his point is like, listen, we wouldn't have to be in these situations if we could play more of the way that we want to throughout the game. And, and, and I, and I think that just sort of illustrated this, this very real disconnect that there always had been between Sean Payton and Russell Wilson. I, I mean, you looked at it from the very beginning when Sean Payton got hired and all you had to do was examine the stylistic differences between these two guys and say, this is going to be a challenge for them to find some sort of common middle ground. And it probably wasn't going to be middle ground because it was going to be the way that Sean Payton wanted it to be, which was a, a much different deal than when Nathaniel Hackett came in here a year ago and said, Hey, we're going to do essentially what Russ wants to do. And then, and I'll build it that way. That wasn't how it was going to go this year. And the truth was they probably needed to be somewhere in the middle, um, needed to I'd probably adapt more of the up-tempo stuff that the Broncos were doing well in that second half against the Patriots and, and, and less of the rigidity that yes, while they were getting turnovers, it, it served you well because you were playing on short fields and all you had to do was take care of the football and you were going to win. Well, once it became a situation where they weren't getting those turnovers and the offense actually had to go do stuff um, that those kind of, those kind of governors on the offense um, held it back. Now it's like a chicken and the egg scenario. What was, were they holding was Sean Payton holding them back? And so Russell Wilson was making mistakes or was, was, was Sean Payton feeling like he had to hold them back because he Russell was was susceptible to these sort of things like it, it just didn't seem like there was a lot of trust and confidence that that they were going to be able to to play to, to Wilson's strengths and so if that's the case then then you move on regardless of what the money is like the bottom line for this is that Sean Payton is going to want the quarterback that he wants Matt you touched on it Russell Wilson was not the guy that he chose to come here he, he was the quarterback that was inherited and I strongly believe that when when he sat down with with the the ownership group with Greg Penner over a course of you know multiple interviews and multiple days, um, there's no way that this wasn't laid out about how this all could potentially go, what the salary cap ramifications would be, all those other sorts of things. Like they got Jared Stidham like an hour into free agency. Like the the timing, as we talked with uh, about Larry Holder with. Uh, uh, last week was was evidence like they handpicked the guy that they thought at some point would get on the field despite the fact that Russell Wilson hadn't even begun this five-year 245 million dollar um, extension that he signed when uh, shortly after he got traded so I just think the writing a lot of this and we've talked about it a lot of the writing has been on the wall and while they were still in this playoff hunt in the thick of this playoff hunt it was easy, I think, or, or it was doable to let everybody put everything aside. Um, but, but once it became clear that they weren't going to be most likely in the playoffs, um, you know, I, I think they did something that they've been wanting to do now, um, you know, for a while. Our, our Diana Rossini reported today, as some other publications did, that the Broncos came to Russell Wilson um, after the win over the Chiefs, so heading into their bye week, um, the Broncos at that time were three and five and starting to turn things around, but they essentially said, Hey, we need you to push back these injury guarantees, um, you know, to after the 2024 season, um, 
you know, if, if you can do that, we can kind of keep this train rolling. You can come into camp next year, compete for the job, whatever the case might be. And, and Russell Wilson had no incentive to do that. No incentive to give up the money that was guaranteed in the contract that he signed less than two years ago. Um, so, so he, he said no. And, and so I think there's probably some of that is, is some, some, some built up frustration. It's again, like players are under no obligation to come and, and, and cut teams favors. It, it often goes the other way in this business. And, and we see it with this, like they're going to cut him, but you know, Russell Wilson is going to be there. He's going to be the number two, um, quarterback, which gosh, you know, God forbid there's a scenario in which he has to see the field because Jared Sidham gets injured. You know, what a scene that would be. Um, but yeah, it's just, it's, it's just kind of a, a thing that this organization, um, ha, has, has put all the faith in the world, um, you know, for good or for bad, for better or for worse into Sean Payton, Matt. I think that's the most clear thing that we've gained from all of this. Yeah, this is, this is his show to run for sure. And it, unfortunately or fortunately unfortunately for whichever side you want to look at it will probably not involve russ wilson much beyond these next two games in a backup capacity the the it is extremely unlikely they would make this move and the athletic reported on it that you know he's expect russell is expected to be cut and is looking at 84 million dollars in dead cap space over the next two years which is going to be a tough pill to swallow and now if Jarrett Sidham pans out or if a rookie quarterback drops them in the draft sometime in the next year then suddenly that 84 million dollars in dead cap space isn't nearly as problematic so Jarrett Stidham's on a relatively team-friendly two-year deal for 10 million dollars um, so if he's your starter and you're paying your starters $6 million next year compared to, you know, then suddenly taking $36 million in dead cap space from Russell, it's still possible to build a team around that. Or if you have someone working on a rookie contract, that dead cap space isn't nearly as problematic. You're missing out on some of the best years of a rookie contract for building a team around them, but you're at least not hurt as badly. The, the fact is that they probably aren't going to be in the position to bring in somebody more expensive than Jared Stidham or a rookie quarterback for the next two years with that kind of dead cap space on the book. It's just probably not going to be feasible. So hopefully for Broncos fans, Jarrett Stidham comes in in these next two games and looks like, you know, the next coming of, uh, you know, late stage uh, Drew Brees, Brees someone, <laughs> you know, comes in and just looks fantastic. Um, that would be the best case scenario. Um, realistically, he's a guy who has been in the league for several years, but hasn't played a whole lot under Sean Payton's offense. Hasn't pl- he has hasn't played a whole lot in the regular season in general, despite being drafted four years ago. Um, so he's a guy that you know there are, are a lot of unknowns. So there it does make sense to see him in these games. We don't have a ton of tape on him. The, the he looked really good against uh, the 49ers last year. Looked pretty decent against the Chiefs. Uh, but you know, one there are some definitely going to be some kinks to work out because all of that time up until then he'd been in the same offense. This is the first year where he's been in Sean Payton's offense and how he looks in that specific offense is going to be a big determining factor on how, on what they're looking to do with him next season. Yeah, that's right. Because he was, he was in new England where, where Josh McDaniels is the offensive coordinator. McDaniels gets the job in Las Vegas. Um, and, and they, they ultimately end up trading for Stidham to back up Derek Carr and then play him late. So yeah, he played in that system for most of his career. This is his first year under Sean Payton. And as he noted today, when we spoke to him, like when he jogged out into mop up duty against the lions, a couple of weeks ago it was the first time he had been on the field with the first team, you know, all season. And, 
And so like to think that it's just going to go where he's going to walk out there and it's just going to be like gangbusters um, would be probably, you know, misguided would be disingenuous to have those kind of expectations. Um, but, but there is, there is value in, in the evaluation that will come. Um, two games is, is a small sample size, but with two games, he did enough last year to, um, you know, make him a very high priority backup in free agency. And those guys get, get paid a decent amount. You mentioned it, $10 million, 5 million of that was, was fully guaranteed, including $1 million of, of fully guaranteed, uh, money next year. So, so they, they're, they have a little bit of, you know, um, you know, yeah, exactly for for next season already. So that that just kind of goes to show that they they definitely think he's going to be a part of the equation. Now, I, I see no scenario in which there is not a quarterback uh, competing with Jared Stidham um, uh, at the very least, uh, if not one that they draft and just say, "Hey, you're you're going to be our guy." Um, you know, Sean Payton has not had much in the way of rookie quarterbacks. Like this, this will be new territory for him if that's the if that's the route they go. Of course, they need so much else on this roster. They, they need receiver upgrades. They need defensive line upgrades. They need um, another corner. Like you, there, there's really no position that they could draft in the first round and say, oh, they didn't, they didn't need that. Like that's where they're at with this roster that they, they just do not have top end talent. They don't, they don't have, you know, if you, if you make a list of who are the top five players on this team and, and then stack them against other teams in the league, like they, they are talent deficient. Um, I'm not saying they don't have, they don't have some nice players. Like, you know, guys like Zach Allen have been, have been, uh, good additions. DJ Jones is, is, is a player. Pat Sertan, just, you know, despite getting burned late in the game against the Patriots is, is one of the best cornerbacks in in the league. Justin Simmons continues to be one of the top safeties in the league, but, but especially offensively that, that playmaking talent is not there. So they have a lot that they have to that they have to add that to, to put a better team around whoever becomes the quarterback. But, but I agree with you, you know, you, you hear it thrown around like, Oh, you know, Baker Mayfield is going to be a free agent, all this kind of stuff. You cannot pay $65 million at the quarterback position uh, in the quarterback room uh, with one of those guys, not even being there. The interest, the thing that I'm going to be interested to see is, you know, uh, as we've said, they're, they're headed toward cutting Russell Wilson, who's not going to, He's not going to change his contract to make it easier to trade him. Right now, he's untradeable. Right. Um, that that contract can't be traded. Um, well, it legally could be traded, but it's, yeah. it's no one would. No be. one would. And so, what'll happen is they'll cut him, and, and and as you mentioned, that will come with an eighty-five million dollar dead money hit. Um, but that is if the Broncos took it all in one year, right? So if they just if they just out and out cut him. You would have eighty-five dollars in dead money on your cap. Now, what what dead money means is that that is money that 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 cannot be spent any anywhere else. So, regardless of of um, you know how much cash they're paying Russell Wilson, you you have to allocate eighty-five million dollars of your salary cap um, that can't be spent on other players. So, essentially, that that is that is going to be something in the neighborhood of one third of the entire salary cap if they were to take that that hit. And for some additional context, I believe the record for a one-year dead money hit was when Matt Ryan um, got cut by the by the Falcons and went to the Colts, and I think that was in the neighborhood of forty million dollars. Um, this would be more than double that. So, so we're we're talking, and of course, the salary cap has risen in, in the few years since the Falcons made that made that transaction. Um, but we're still talking about a significant amount of the salary cap. But the thing that you do if you take it all in one year. Because the other option is to post June one designate him, which would mean that part of the salary you would take part of the hit, 
2024, about $35.5 million, and he would take the remaining hit in 2025 at about $49 million. That makes it a little more palatable. Um, you know, a little bit spread it out over <laughs> a little season. bit, not much. <laughs> but, but however, though, however, if you take it all in one year, what you essentially do is you reset your books. You take your medicine for one season, and as you mentioned, you play a quarterback in Jared Stidham who's not highly paid, and you hope um, that that he plays well enough to 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 make you competitive, to make you a, a playoff team, whatever the case might be, whatever it is you're trying to do, um, that he can that he can be enough in that role. Um, because you can't afford to go out and pay. If you take it all in one year, you are also very likely going to have to cut a significant amount of veteran salary off your team. The Broncos have a number of players who still have term left on their deals, but have no more guaranteed money after this season. A couple of those are Justin Simmons, Cortland Sutton, Garrett Bowles. Um, those are all guys with no more guaranteed money left, which means that um, they're, they're, they, they could be uh, – they could be traded um, and teams who trade for them can restructure their contracts, get their cap numbers down. Um, that could be advantageous for you, but the Broncos would either way have to move, um, move that money off their books. And if you don't have, if you don't have takers for those sort of players, then you just have to cut them, cut them outright and, and, and takes uh, take more dead money. Um, but you also end up saving, you know, saving additional money over the course of their contracts. Um, those are those are some things that if they cut Russell Wilson and they decide to take the medicine all at once, that they would almost certainly have to do. Um, so again, it, 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 none of this creates an easy situation. Like this is a mess that that has to be cleaned up. There, there's like there's no other way to put it. Um, you know, from a salary cap perspective, from a filling positional holes, and remember, this team still only has six draft picks. Yes, they finally have a first rounder, but they traded the second round pick in order to, to acquire Sean Payton. They got a third round pick back in that deal, but they traded that pick to move up and draft Riley Moss in the third round this year. So they they have they have gotten rid of a significant amount of of their draft capital over the last three years. Um, you know, trading for Russell Wilson, trading for Sean Payton, moving up in the draft. Um, so again, they have a lot of lot of decisions that are going to be having to be made. Um, in this upcoming off season, which we great for us, Matt, it will give us some, um, an unending reservoir of, of things to talk about, but uh, any other takeaways, any, fi any final takeaways before we sign off on, um, you know, just this, just this kind of major day that, that we saw coming, but was somehow still a pretty, a pretty jarring day um, at Broncos HQ. I've got one more, Nick. I, I think, I think that a lot of Colorado's Coloradans are going to have a similar idea on this one. You're, you're looking for a quarterback in that late first round. You know any Colorado quarterbacks who might be sitting around maybe when the Broncos are ready to pick? Shader Sanders, maybe. I mean, Your Sanders. you know, the, the if the magic's there and the magic fits, you know, I'm, I'm just throwing it out there. Let that let that be out in the way, <laughs> man. You know, um, it is it is interesting, the, the quarterback situation. You know, like this, this all would have been so much more – in some ways it would have made so much more sense for the Broncos to have just kept losing. Right. <laughs> right. Like that, then all this would have made much more sense. It would have been much more easier to sell and, and people would be like, well, yeah, you obviously have to go get Drake may or Caleb Williams, like regardless of what it costs. Um, now they're in a different situation. It's a, it's another, it's another part of this whole thing where they're going to have, they're going to have a first round pick. And now given the decision that they have made, 
to to move on from Russell Wilson, which again they're going to do. Um, then so now you need a you need a quarterback, and and maybe Jared Sims that guy. But it would absolutely serve them to to lose these two games and get closer, at least closer to the front end of the draft to where potentially moving for a quarterback, if that's what you decided to do, um, there was a clearer path to do so. And, um, you know, we're talking about a guy like Jaden Daniels, the Heisman Trophy winner out of LSU or J.J. McCarthy out of Michigan and in, in, in the athletics mock draft of a few days ago. Those were those were the four quarterbacks in the first round when you add Williams and May, who, who will be long gone by the time the Broncos draft. So. Um, you know, again, that, that's all part of this. It'll be fun to, to actually get to really pay attention to these quarterbacks, um, when the draft comes, but, but again, just, just hard to believe, you know, when I I remember, you know, driving up, I was at, um, I was at my in-laws house, um, in in that March of 2022. And, um, Caitlin and I were about to drive to, to Napa Valley to, you know, just to have like a a day, um, to just kind of relax. And sure enough, this, that's this bomb comes across social media that the Broncos have, have traded for Russell Wilson. And it was like, Hey, that, you know, here, here they go. They were, you know, Denver had been seven and six the year before um, at, at, after 13 games were right on the edge of the playoff, you know, playoff picture. Then Teddy Bridgewater gets hurt and they, they lose their final four games, but you felt like they had momentum as a team because, you know, George Payton had, had nailed his first draft. Um, you know, they, they, they were starting to figure some things out and, um, you know, they, they moved on from Vic Fangio and there seemed to be a lot of great candidates for the, for the head coaching role, but, um, you know, they, they just got a lot of things wrong, you know, and, and I wrote today, um, you know, I, I think there was so much elation and excitement about the, the possibility of getting Russell Wilson and, and just being able to like, kind of change the team's fortunes at quarterback that, um, I really do think they allowed themselves to overlook some of the signs um, that, that his play was, was diminishing. If you go back and you look at it by, again, by these EPA metrics, he was dropping off the last couple years of his career in Seattle. He was starting to get banged up, um, a, a little bit more. The mobility had started to decline and, and that was all within like a structure where nobody, nobody knew kind of Russell Wilson's strengths and weaknesses and how to get the most out of him and all those sorts of things. Nobody knew that better than Pete Carroll. Um, you know, so, so if it was, if it wasn't going to work with him, um, you know, there's some hubris involved for anybody else to come in here and say, Hey, he's going to be, he's going to be dynamite for us. And, and, you know, Nathaniel Hackett was out of his depth. Um, and, and you just, you just landed in a situation that was, was really untenable for, for an entire season. And then fast forward to the Broncos getting Sean Payton. Um, and, and it seemed right away, like unrequited love, like, I, you know, I, I heard from people in Russell Wilson's camp who were just like super excited that, that, that Sean Payton was their, their coach. He, he's a guy that he had idolized for the work that he di- did with, with Drew Brees. Um, but you know, it, Sean Payton had his little digs on Russell Wilson from the very start. They were at, they were at the Super Bowl. Um, they were at the Super Bowl down there in Arizona and Sean Payton tells the story. They were having dinner and, and, uh, and Joe Montana was one of the people there. And, um, you know, Sean Payton says, yeah, Russ is sitting here and he's, he's, you know, he's asking me questions about the offense, but I'm, I'm here wanting to talk to Joe Montana. And it's just like, it just, it was just these little like negging type things, um, from, from the very beginning where you're just like, man, um, it, again, part of that, I, I'm not, I don't want to, I don't want to overblow these things like that. That is Sean Payton's personality. But again, it, it was differences. It was, it was differences in the way that they operated. And, um, you know, it all, it all came to head today, but, 
um, we will continue to follow this story, um, you know, throughout. We, we will be back um, on Sunday evening after the Broncos play their Week 17 game against the Chargers. Again, the Broncos not completely out of it yet. Their, their best path to the playoffs, or their clearest path, I guess, would be they win their last two games and the Chiefs, who are scuttling like something fierce, lose their final two games uh, against the Bengals and against the Chargers. And all of a sudden, the Broncos are your AFC West champions, baby. Dare to dream. Dare to dream. All right. All right, L.A., here we go. All we need you to do, L.A., is is lose to Jarrett Stidham and then beat Patrick Mahomes. Beat Patrick That's Mahomes. all we need you to do. Amazing. All right. Just wrap that it up. It sounds for us. highly reasonable to me. Yep, highly reasonable to me. And, you know, I, and I, th- I think that game's in Kansas City, I'm pretty yeah. sure, in Week 18. Um, but um, so, again, odds low, but, you know. It's just four outcomes that have to go your way. That's, you know, crazier parlays have been hit. You know, (laughs) someone make someone go ahead and make that parlay because I was just I was just going to tell you. (laughs) Oh yeah, you want me to? Yeah, I was just going to tell you. Go ahead and pipe in that parlay, and uh, you know, you text me and you let me know what that what that says, and we'll um, we'll share it on the next pod. But anyway, that'll do it for us tonight. So grateful to have you all. Um, Cannot express enough how much. Um, we appreciate the support. Um, you know, our, the following is growing and, and we, we so appreciate those of you who listen to us um, week in and week out. It's been awesome. Um, until, until next time, thanks for stopping by. All right.